I am absolutely committed to making sure that we do not allow the criminal COVID cover-up, which is why I will feature people that even the mock, though the mockingbirds are going to ignore, but I'll feature the work, even if I think it may not make any difference, but it should. I'll feature the work of attorney Dr. Renaire Fulmick. I think these uh, cease and desist letters make a lot of sense because what you do with these, by, by using these letters is you explain in detail to the ministries of health or to the doctors or you, whoever you sent them to that this is dangerous, that these are not vaccines, that they're not tested, there are no trials. I'm committed to making sure that they simply don't get away with the criminal COVID cover-up. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we should live. Sometimes it's hard to rejoice for times like this. I, I am, you know, as I become more of a person uh, trying to live a kingdom lifestyle, I just think of the uh, some of the early church fathers writing notes. Uh, they're... they're, they're <laughs> They're finishing up letters, you know, to the church family and their hands are in steel cuffs and they probably have someone dictating the letter, honestly. And they're like, oh, I got to hurry up because I got to go get eaten by lions. What? Yeah, I it's three o'clock. I'm getting eaten by lions today. So this is my last meeting for the day. I'm, so we got to wrap this up because the lions are hungry. And you had the Apostle Paul singing songs. Chained to a wall, no one is going to get beheaded, and he's he's singing some of the early hymns, some of the early Christian hymns. The power of that, first of all, as Christians, the power to celebrate as you're being you know persecuted for Christ that's that's pretty powerful. But also that this the the can you imagine how upsetting that is for people? Hey, we're going to behead you. I know. I know, and, and and may God forgive you. God forgive you for what you're doing. You know not what you're doing, and may the Lord forgive you. Can I pray for you just before you behead me? I mean, I, I know that the ultimate sincerity is that we want to be sincere in that and that we want to practice that very difficult teaching of the Lord that you pray for your enemies. But I wonder how that infuriates them. That you're going, <laughs> you know, I think about, I think about that. Not that we're all headed to the gallows. We're not, we're not at that point you know, we're headed into tyranny. We're going to experience it. I talked about this in episode one today that, that we are we are in the midst of the social credit system. So if you missed uh, episode 62, hour one, please listen to that because it's sort of a buildup for this. The social credit system is here. It's in the United States. And we talked about all the reasons I believe that it's here. And I think I made a substantive case for that. We also talked about a spiritual approach to it. And ultimately, we're going to have to talk more about how to resist it because it's here. But one of the great forms of resistance is refusing to become afraid, is re- refusing to give up your faith. Re- and, and in fact, deepening your faith, that's got to freak people out that you deepen your faith. And there's reasons that we're going to need to deepen our faith because of what we're going to go through, what we're going through now. I'm watching with part amusement, honestly, um, and, and part astonishment and anger at this cover-up that they're attempting to install around the COVID. And anyone who I have great, in a way, it's sort of begrudging admiration, except it's not. For people who can still convince themselves, this is about a flu. This is a scene from Ottawa. And it's a French-speaking business owner. He's in his business. It's a coffee shop. He committed the they're sin that they're going to break it. He committed the sin of serving coffee to people. They're saying that they're going to break it. These are so-called cops standing outside, threatening to break the man's window. And the female cop is furious. She keeps taking off and on her face gator. And saying we're going to break this thing, and the the business owner is refusing. Okay, share this out, you guys. Get it out everywhere now. Get it out. 
They're saying they're going to break the window. And she's furious. You can see her pacing back and forth and trying to not, in front of the cameras, I think, break the windows. But this is all to keep people safe. This is all for everybody's safety. And now they have these powers because the dictator of, 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 of Canada has given them these powers. But, but I'm watching on a worldwide basis as governments are disappearing data. As it's not just Scotland now that's disappearing data. We know now the New York Times helped the party by getting this into the news cycle that the CDC is not releasing data because they're afraid that the data is going to feed so-called vaccine hesitancy. They're not releasing the data because the data shows that everybody who refused to get the injections was right. Everybody who said, because we read the Pfizer and Moderna paperwork, that these are not vaccines, that these do not stop infection, they do not stop transmission, all of us were right. Because we simply read the letters. We simply read what they wrote. We're going to talk about this this lawyer, this doctor lawyer. He's, He's licensed to practice in America and in Germany. He has a plan. We'll get into this today. Excess deaths among boys is understated. Oh, yeah. That's Laura Ingram. I played the wrong clip, but I'm going to let that stand. Excess deaths among boys are underrepresented. We'll get to that. But this doctor, Reiner, I can't say his name correctly, and he has this plan that he intends to go, and he's in a lawsuit now, Reiner Filmic, he's in a lawsuit now in Germany. He intends to depose these guys. And he has this plan for these cease and desist letters that he says this is the way to make sure that these guys have to play ball a little bit. Like and and warn them. Look, we're going to sue you based upon what you're doing to people. I think these uh, cease and desist letters make a lot of sense. So we'll talk about that. And certainly, the party is getting a great help at covering up his work. Have you heard about this lawsuit? And incidentally, he's not alone. He's got a whole team of attorneys, and this guy's not. He's, he's not practicing alone. So we'll talk about what he sees. So you have the United States CDC saying, we are not going to give you your data. And incidentally, this proves my point about the party. You have one guy in the Senate. You have Rand Paul saying, no, I'm going to get that data. That's and Ron Johnson. And that's it. If no one else. Can you imagine If you want to win elections, the Republicans versus the CDC. Last hour, if you missed this, you got to hear last hour. The the Democrats, some 62% of Democrats are in favor of what the dictator of Canada is doing to Canadians. They want that here. If you want to head that off, you get into the cover-up. The CDC is covering up what they've done to people. That's why they don't want the data released. That's why the FDA tried to hide the data in the Pfizer trials for 75 years. There's the crime, then there's the cover-up, and the cover-up is right in front of us. And someone has put out the ultimate now shift. Someone has put out a PR higher job to get HIV in the news, to send this prince out here talking about everybody needs to get tested for HIV. No, they don't. It's wash, rinse, repeat. And in fact, what we're seeing from this injections is a a destruction of some people's immune systems, which might be why Laura Ingram talked about the increase in teen mortality excess deaths amongst teenage boys. Excess deaths among boys is understated due to counting delays in this sample. Now, it's not clear why this is happening, but a group of doctors and researchers are demanding that the government investigate it. And given the questions swirling around myocarditis in young men, we should all want answers. Joining me now is Dr. Peter McCullough, cardiologist and epidemiologist in Dallas, Texas. Dr. McCullough, there have been similar concerns um, stateside, but we unfortunately just don't have a lot of good data collectors, and maybe the UK is better at that. So what 
might be going on here. You know, this is in the context of a report by Gill and colleagues in Archives of Pathology of two American boys, uh, teenage boys who died days three and four after the Pfizer vaccines and autopsies confirmed fatal myocarditis. And now the Heart Group, which is an NGO in the UK, an evidence-based group, they have pointed out this excess death in boys and a slight decrease in the girls. Now, they started vaccinating in the UK for 16 and up in March. And then in 15, 12 to 15, they started in September, but they did achieve 60 to 75% vaccination rates. So I think there's two key things they want to know. They want to know during the course of this time, did they have COVID-19, the respiratory illness, and did they have any exposure to the vaccine? And if they had exposure to the injections, and we know because the FDA has put together study groups on this, we know that other countries have banned this stuff in kids six months ago. They suspended injecting young people with this stuff because they've watched it happen. And they're suppressing this. And now you have, you speak of a cover-up. You have the CDC is changing. And I love the fact that we somehow have decided that the CDC gets to change what words mean. They got to change what a vaccine means when it became clear that these are not vaccines. They get to change what the immune system means. They get to change what herd immunity means, except they only get to do that if we accept it. It's just like playing the game of pretending boys are girls and girls are boys. We don't do that. And we're not going to do that. So what we have here with these guys and what we have here with this cover-up is we have this unconscionable effect of now the CDC is coming about saying that the development of children, their intellectual development has changed. They've changed the bar. Kids are having problems developing language skills. They're having problems developing interaction skills, social skills. How would that happen? Because they've been covering their faces for two years. So the CDC simply comes back and changes the benchmarks. This is the same thing that the cities run by the parties, but the party does when it changes what's a crime. Funny thing, there's no crime when drug dealing is legal. There's no crime when it's legal to steal a car. There's no crime when it's legal to vandalize. That crime goes away. There's no illegal immigrants because it's not illegal to be an illegal immigrant. This is so Soviet block, it's almost too big to imagine. And yet in this cover-up, they're covering that up. And remember this, that in the midst of the crime, as the crime was being committed... You had the, uh, the American pediatrics groups coming out and saying, oh, kids don't need to see other kids' faces. No, no, that's not true. They don't, they don't, they don't need to see human faces. That doesn't stunt their development at all to never see a human face. They changed their website. They, they memory hold information that said that kids need to see other kids' faces in order to develop the use of their mirrored synapses, in order to develop things like empathy. They covered it up as it was going on. Now they're covering up in hindsight what they have done. They're attempting to cover it up. We cannot allow this to happen. We have got to remember this. It's all crimes against humanity. We cannot ever allow our families to forget this. There was this tradition I loved in the Old Testament when, and I went through a book where they encouraged me to do this, that you go through and you think of times where the Lord, where the Lord did for you. And, and it was quite obviously the Lord. And, and one of the things that the Hebrew people would do is they would create a, uh, they create a memory marker. So they'd put like this milestone down. They'd build a stone, you know, a little stone stand. This is the day the Lord showed us where the well was. This is the day where the Lord took us across the river. This is the day where, you know, and they would mark these. And that's, and so what happened is as kids, young people would travel these routes, these immigration routes and emigration routes and they, their food routes, gathering us, whatever. They would walk along. Hey dad, what's that stack of rocks? Oh, well that's the day 
that the Lord dried this river up for us so that the people could get there and their possessions through on the other side. It was a lot like what he did at the Red Sea, son. Oh, so the Lord did that here too? Yeah, I did that right here. Dad, can we go to the Red Sea one day and see that? Sure. Is there still a stone marker there? Yeah, there's still a stone marker. That's the day that the Lord did that with Moses. Sure, we'll go look at that. We don't have those markers anymore here. Well, I mean, you got to tear down the statues anyway. Statues are violent things. Can't, can't, can't have statues. We have a mark in history where God has revealed, forced them to reveal what they have done to people. It's sitting right here. And we have to create a mark. Francis Collins has apparently hired a PR director. And Francis Collins is about doing what PR directors have him do. He's out trying to rehabilitate who Francis Collins is. So Francis Collins finds his way onto Fox News. And while he's on Fox News, he's asked about the lab leak theory. And here's Francis Collins, abortionist, who, who claims to be a, a, a fervent and God-believing Christian, and he's also an abortionist. And he's an evangelistic Christian, don't you know? Um, he is a um, he is a eugenicist of sorts. Well, I mean, mRNA, it's eugenics. He is the guy who helped fund the gain of function research, which you could just think of as inventing viruses. That's what that is. That's where, where a virus doesn't exist. They invent one. And if it's not inventing, they modify one to make it more dangerous because it's very, very important that we, we create more dangerous viruses in case more dangerous viruses are created. Because you don't want a bunch of dangerous viruses happening. Therefore, the way you prevent dangerous viruses from becoming dangerous is you create dangerous viruses. It's a lot like this. If you don't want to beat your wife, the best way to prevent beating your wife is to beat your wife. Because then you won't have to beat your wife because you've already beaten your wife. Got me? Because that's how you prevent beating your wife. Get it? Got it? Good. This is Collins out there trying to rehabilitate himself in the midst of a COVID criminal cover-up. But I guess it just follows this track with the early days downplaying or trying to discredit the lab leak theory from Wuhan. Uh, why, why spend the time doing that when we're talking about observation, description, experimentation, and explanation? I mean, now it seems like the lab leak is a real possibility. Well, Brad, I'm really sorry that the lab leak has become such a distraction for so many people, because frankly, we still don't know. There is no evidence really to say most of the scientific community, myself included, think that is a possibility, but far more likely this was a natural way in which a virus left a bat, maybe traveled through some other species and got to humans, and there was no lab leak involved. We won't know unless China decides to open up about this, which they have not done, and shame on them for that. There's really, um, you know, no, there's no evidence of this other than the fact that uh, it somehow uh, gained the properties of uh, HIV, which had uh, never before existed in SARS. And and the um, the metabolic structure of that portion of the virus is a 99.8% match for HIV. Uh, and that that appears to have been inserted because it's not something, in fact, that a scientist who worked for me who wrote a memo to me saying this is not something we would expect in the um, adaptation or the evolution uh, of the viruses because it seems to skip about 10,000 years of steps that it was all of a sudden just have this HIV in here. Um, And it appears to have been inserted by the way it sits within the code. And we know that they were working on this. By the way, we know that we paid money to them to make this more dangerous. One of the things that we were thinking to do, they were going to make the virus more dangerous is how would we make it more virulent? How would we make it easier to spread amongst humans? We know that HIV has that property where it can open up the human cell and insert itself and then cover itself up. So there's other than that evidence and the fact that they were working on that and the fact that the first initial um, uh, infection came from the Wuhan lab and and the fact that they're actually were were not selling bats at the wet market we were told yeah it's the bat it's bat soup because people love bat soup because bat soup is tasty other than that and I mean this at this at that point there's no evidence well I mean and then the fact that of course the Chinese scientists who actually meant well because they have their human beings were actually sending notes out saying, hey, we think this may have come from our lab. And then that communication was shut down and then the lab was scuttled and the um, so-called civilian bosses of the lab were supplanted with the military who then came in and completely scrapped the leadership of the lab. Plus, some of their key scientists have sort of uh, disappeared from public eye, as it were. But other than that, I mean, there's absolutely no sign that this came uh, from China. And I'm Sorry about the distraction. And can we get back to the rehabilitation of my career? Because that's what I was told we're going to do here, Brett Bear. 
Oh, we must not forget. Because to forget would to be to take the gift the Lord has given us of knowing what they've done and to say, no, thanks. We're not going to do anything with that, Lord. I intend to do something with that. Okay, so what you can do in times such as these is you can find businesses you trust. Like we have the reality that the the virtuals are bosses right now. That is a fact. And we have the sad reality that right now Google can steer traffic to your website or not. They can send people to your business or not. And sometimes in 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 case in in fact 99% of the time it's it's algorithmic. And Google is an evil company, but 99% of the time, it's it's algorithmic um, that your business might be getting disrespected by the Google algorithm. And here's a simple test. You can do it right now, even as you listen to the podcast. Pull up in your phone, go to Google, go to the app, search for your business. First by name. Are you in the top three to five returns? Cool. Doing all right. Are you not? then you're not doing all right. Next thing, search in your industry, tire stores near me. Are you in the top three to five? If not, you have a problem. Options, write a check to Google, pay them for every click and pay an increasing amount of money to be at the top of the search returns. That's one option. That's search engine marketing. You pay Google. Here is a better option. Pay my friend, Dave, the digital at Greenhaven Interactive. He will use search engine optimization. He'll examine your websites as they exist today. He'll figure out why they're not getting the respect they should from the Google algorithm. He will show you the changes he wants to make, get your approval, and he and his team will undertake to make those changes. This is a Christian conservative man working in an industry otherwise dominated by atheist leftists. It's super easy to get in touch with him too. From your phone where you're listening to the podcast right now, just go to greenhaveninteractive.com, tell him you listen to the podcast and get good, taken care of really well. That's one thing we can do in these times with the virtuals versus the physicals. I am so fascinated with that article. So that's Francis Collins out playing the game and the cover-up. Now we have this. This is a um, one of the truth-telling MDs. And by the way, there's more people now, and thank the Lord for this. There are more MDs who are beginning to tell the truth and beginning to get traction telling the truth because what happens is people see courage. And I know this happened early on with the church. I know it did. You know, when, when, when Stephen was stoned to death, and the Apostle Paul, not yet the Apostle, still Saul of Tarsus was there holding the coats of the guy who stoned him to death. When people saw that Stephen went to that with, with eyes wide open and, and, and the glory of God in his face and no fear, I think a lot of people said, okay, well, if Stephen can do it, we can do it. And look, Christianity is not about, hey, let's go get stoned to death. That's, that's, I mean, it is, yes, you would die for your faith, just as you're called to be willing to die for your brother because no greater love hath man. But it's not, it's not about that. I mean, that's not the, you know, it's, it could happen. But people saw that courage. They saw the courage of the, the, the apostles and the early disciples and the disciple makers. And they said, wow, these guys are brave. We're going to be brave. We're going to speak up. We're going to stop hiding in our caves. We're going to start to pray in public. We're going to start to say, God be with you in public. We're going to, in fact, normalize the, the, the speaking of God's name, which is one of the things we've talked about in this podcast. Speak the Lord's name every day in public. Let's just normalize it. Let's just bring God back into people's consciousness. Likewise, when you see a bunch of doctors beginning to speak out, others speak out. This is a, 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 a doctor who's speaking out. Colvider Cow, MD. My virology research at Canada's only level four lab focused on harnessing powers of natural T cell immunity found among HIV resistant Kenyan sex workers for development of HIV one quote vaccines. In early 2020, I spoke about the importance of T-cell immunity to SARS-CoV-2. I was attacked as a conspiracy theorist and I was reported. The doctor was talking about the fact that there were these similarities. And this doctor, Dr. Colvinder, was attacked. She was attacked for this. That's weird because someone else has sort of made a comparison. And so to kick off, actually... 
and get a bit of a scene center from Mr. Gates, because this is, I know, a topic that you've spoken on again and again. You were ahead of the curve prior to the beginning of this pandemic. Where would you assess where we are today in beating COVID-19? Well, the, uh, you know, sadly, the virus itself, particularly the, the variant called Omicron, uh, is a type of vaccine. That is, it creates both B cell and T cell immunity. That's it. And it's done a better job of getting out to the world population uh, than we have with vaccines. If you do uh, sero surveys in African countries, you get well over 80% of people uh, have been exposed either to the vaccine or uh, to various variants. Mostly and so, variants. you know, what that does is it means the chance of severe disease, which is mainly associated with being elderly and uh, huh. having obesity or diabetes. No those risks are now dramatically reduced because of that uh, infection exposure. And, you know, it's sad. We didn't do a great job on therapeutics. You know, only here, two years in, do we have a, a good therapeutic. Uh, vaccines, it took us two years to be in oversupply. Today, there are more vaccines than there is demand for vaccines. It's so fascinating that the guy who is ahead of the curve can effectively lean on the same dynamics that this doctor was attacked for leaning on as he explains it's uh, sadly uh, omicron is saving lives uh it's sad to see uh omicron uh is is really uh it's really uh kind of a vaccine you mean the immune system when allowed to do its work in a disease that's always had a 99.87 percent survival rate is in fact a better way to survive it for Herd immunity, Billy? We can never, ever, ever let them get away with this. We can never forget this. We need to create those stone markers with our kids. Here's where the government lied about what the immune system is. Here's where the government pretended you didn't have an immune system. Here's where the government pretended there's no such thing as herd immunity. Here's where they pretended these were vaccines when everybody knew they weren't vaccines. Here's where they started to pretend that masks work when everybody knew that they didn't work and no one wore them in private. Here's where they pretended the injections were working when everyone around you said they weren't working. Here's where I was when I figured out that I knew more people who were injured by the injections than were ever injured by COVID. Here's where I was when they kept the lockdown going in the separate country of Washington state for 777 days while weak, no backbone, so-called Republicans hid under their couch cushions until they thought they could use it to gain favor from the electorate so they can get tax cuts for their big donors. That's where I was. These stone moments as the Lord unveils for us what the party has done and continues to do. And I have to pray I have to pray for knowledge about what it is to have a just war. Because the social credit system is here. I am not going to comply. It is ungodly to tell people you will get injected with a, in, with a, with abortifants or the, the byproducts of abortion or drugs created using a killed babies. Or you can't eat. That's ungodly. I have no compunction about that. But I'm also thinking of King David and so many of his Psalms. And I was thinking about this and just researching and and came across Psalm 101. Whoever slanders their neighbors in secret, I will put to silence. Whoever has haughty eyes and a proud heart, I will not tolerate. I got to work on my pride. My eyes will be on the faithful in the land. They may dwell with me. That they may dwell with me. The one whose walk is blameless will minister to me. Good luck. Uh, Well, okay, so that would be the Lord. Blameless. No one who practices deceit will dwell in my house. No one who speaks falsely will stand in my presence. Now, I don't know if this was before or after David had the husband of a woman that he desired and in fact went and got, had him basically killed. Uh, David was a very good king and a godly man, and he sought true, tr- he had true remorse for that. Because when the prophet came to him and said, hey, King David, you just killed a, or got a, a woman's husband killed because you wanted to sleep with her. That's an affront to the Lord. He didn't say, well, come on now, she's pretty hot. Then he didn't say, well, other people have done worse. 
he said, truly I've sinned. Truly I have sinned and truly this is wrong. And truly only, only God can save me from this. And then search my heart, my entire heart, search my entire heart and, and, and find my unrighteousness and cleanse me of it. So as we're looking at these great crimes that have been committed, let's make sure that we also cleanse our hearts. And this is so difficult for me because I hate what they have done. Do you hate it? Now, have you crossed over into hating them? I'm asking you a serious question. Have you crossed over into hating them? The Lord was asked, what are the greatest commandments? Love God, all your heart, all that you are. Love your neighbor as yourself. Man, it's a challenge. God didn't say it would be easy. Because look, we live in the world. We are not of it, but we live in it. Part of living in the world is living in the reality of what the world has become. And this is one of the reasons why I admire my friend Zach Abraham at uh, Bulwark Capital Management is because he uh, he doesn't come on uh, the show and say, oh, actually, the financial system's solid, Todd, and the, the best and brightest are running it, and it's uh, straight up and down, and uh, everybody's very, very honest. And uh, No, he comes on and he tells the brutal truth that the system is rigged. And the thing with Zach is he understands the rigging, and if it's not crossing God's law, he will invest right? But he will not invest in companies that go afoul of God's law. Uh, but he can also help us find our, our way through protecting our retirement, growing our portfolios, and doing this in a way where at Bulwark Capital Management, it's always about risk management, always about it. Because part of growth is not losing, right? Trying to, to prevent the losing. And I love having a guide who's fully aware and eyes wide open about what we're actually dealing with when we're talking about big, big tech and big finance, because Zach gets that. That's how he explains it. This is one of the reasons I love working with him. So if you are at that age, I'm in my mid fifties. And if you're at that age, you're starting to think about what would retirement mean for me? Can I do it now? Can I get out of the machine? If you have a retirement plan at, at your job, call Zach, run through the plan, let him devoid of emotion. I mean, he's going to love you because that's who he is, but let him have his team run through the numbers for you, come back and tell you if you can retire, if not, when can you, and how do you get there? And that's what he'll do. So just call Zach at know your risk, uh, pardon me, at, uh, at Bulwark Capital Management at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management, an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor. So imagine that you are an embalmer. And, and with all due respect to people in the audience who may well be embalmers, that seems like a really depressing job. Sorry, it does to me. Um, I got to know the guy who did the... Um, he handled my father's cremation. I didn't get to know him well, but I talked to him a little bit about his career. And he said, I love it. I love it. And I said, why is that? He goes, because these are the hardest moments in people's lives. Everybody who comes into my business is in pain. Every single person I work with is in pain. And every time they come in, I have the opportunity to do what I can to lessen their pain. Every time they come into my facility, I have an opportunity to be with them as a representative of the body of Christ. Every single time I have an opportunity to provide them with discomfort, even if they don't know the Lord, I have an opportunity, even if they're just looking in my office and they happen to notice that there's crosses and there's Bible quotes. And even if I say to them, God be with you. And even if they don't, if you know, if they don't respond, I've had people say to me, Oh, I don't believe in God. I've, I will respond and say, I didn't mean to offend you. I won't apologize for speaking God's name, but I will say, I didn't mean to offend you on this day. And most people are deeply understanding, but I have an opportunity to do this. So I, to me, it seems like a very, very difficult job. So I've mentioned that because why would you as an embalmer say, you know what I'll do? I will go out and make myself infamous. I will go make claims 
about what I am seeing in embalmed bodies. That's what I'll do. Because there's a whole series of embalmers speaking about what they're seeing in human bodies that they're embalming. Steve Kirsch with the Vaccine Safety Research Foundation has talked to people. There's other people they've talked to. These embalmers speaking up and see, and this makes sense that they would see these things. What they're seeing are these insane blood clots. They're seeing blood clots that shouldn't be like this. They're these fibrous blood clots and they're seeing them in people brand new. They've never seen this stuff before. And it's happening in the era of the mRNA injections. So imagine that you're in a bomber. You think, you know what I'll do? I will go say that I'm seeing these things in 60, 50, 60% of people I'm embalming because I can't get the embalming fluid through their veins because these blood clots are so big that the embalming fluid won't move through it. And I, and I, I could blow the veins up, but that does no good. They want to have respect for the bodies and for the families. Would you say, you know what? I, I, I want to go become famous and say things like this to Steve Kirsch. Um, is that you started seeing these weird clot formations that we've talked about uh, that other embalmers have seen. And you started them seeing them eight months ago, um, which would be uh, since it's, it's now February. So that'd be like the middle of last year uh, is when you started noticing them. But. I know I've talked to other embalmers and saying that they started seeing them in January, but you started seeing them, you know, essentially at um, uh, May or June of last year. Yes. And that's, that's what I can pinpoint to the, you know, that's the closest I can get to right. the date with, without the documentation. Right. Cause it's, you know, this is not something and that I, you, you keep records on because it's so unusual. Well, I started on that uh, we have a bombing reports that we fill out and I started noting on the reports on each person that I would, you know, begin to see these fibrous looking clots, you know, that very large fibrous looking clots. And, uh, and so I do have reports to, to verify, you know, the, the, the cases that I have now, seen if she, them on. If she's alone, maybe she's just a lone nut and she's just speaking out because she's a lone nut and she, she wants to be in bit shoot, right? Her, her idea of fame is, Hey, I, I want to be in bit shoot. Cause I know this gets me kicked off of YouTube for saying this. And she's been in 11 years. She's been in a bomber. Her name is Anna Foster. So I, I, I want to do this. This is, uh, this is the infamy I want. If maybe she's just a lone nut. And I've been finding these strange plots and it all started. I can't put my finger on it, but probably around the mid middle of last year, middle of 2001. Okay. And let's, let's get to it. Let's take a look at our first picture, which is a very long, you can see this in the picture, a very long clot uh, on this table. And from the far left end of it, it looks like a red uh, string blood clot, if you will. And going across, I just want to describe it for the audience, all the way to the far right, it becomes more and more uh, white and fibrous and it, it, it bifurcates or it splits off. Tell us how you found this. First of all, how did you come upon this? Yes, I've seen a handful of these. Um, and when I do the embalming, I have to go into the vein. And in order for the embalming process, I have to allow blood to be drained. Uh, so I actually pulled this huge, long clot, fibrous looking clot out prior to embalming. Um, and, and, and what part of the body did this come from, Richard? This one came out of from the iliac, basically right around, uh, so that's sort of the groin for, right. For lay people, that would be the groin. Yeah. There's a link to this. You can see the full video in the Substack notes. You can go watch the full video. And this doctor is talking to the embalmer. Now, does this mean it comes from the injections? Perhaps not. But this leads to the last part of the cover-up for me. And the COVID criminal cover-up is, do you remember when the media hated big business? 
Remember that? Remember when we were not to trust big business? You remember when the pharmaceutical companies were responsible for getting everybody hooked on fentanyl and Oxycontin? You remember that? There has been no curiosity about clips like that from the Mockingbirds because it's coordinated silence. Hey, you guys are our best bet for growing this podcast. We've grown in downloads. We got to a million downloads extremely quickly and then some. So I just want to take a second to thank you for supporting this program because it can't happen without you. We are beginning to run now some ads to help promote the show. That's expensive. It also puts us in the position of purchasing ads from companies that may not mean the podcast well. That's just the dynamics of the world we exist in. If you could see fit to sharing the podcast with five people, it'd be a huge, huge victory for us as we seek this growth and we seek to take at least the word of God, even if it's done through me in my stumbling clay pot way, at least we're trying to spread God's word. And if you can see the ways to doing that, to share it with your friends, we would deeply, deeply appreciate that. So the media cover-up extends into what is an amazing story if they wanted to take it on. And this is a team of lawyers in Germany headed by a gentleman who is licensed to practice in the United States and in Germany. And his name is Rainier Fulmich. And many of my audience will have seen him. They understand that he has a big lawsuit going on. He wants to depose the CEOs of Pfizer and Moderna. And wouldn't you, if you were in the United States Senate, want to get these guys in and say, so about the hundreds of billions of dollars you soaked up from us, you took from us, you took and then you forced people to take these injections. They didn't work. We paid for your advertising. We paid to promote it. We forced people to take it. You come and sit in front of my Senate committee and you answer every question on how dare you say the American people can't see the study they paid for until 75 years has passed. I would do anything. I would do very nearly anything to have the opportunity to question the CEO of Pfizer And if God were with me that day, with God's wisdom and with God's truth, I do believe I could absolutely and forever destroy that man's career, which is why he will never sit in front of a Senate committee and answer any serious questions, nor, well, uh, look, uh, this is, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of conspiracy theories uh, go around this, uh, and and we're going to focus on uh, putting a chicken in the pot, and American people deserve, uh, look, deserve tax cuts, and I say just uh, uh, two, 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 two chickens in the pot. Thanks, Mitch. Appreciate that. But you'd think with this lawsuit proceeding and German judges saying, yeah, keep going. Yes, in fact, you can have discovery. Yes, keep going. Yes, the suit can be maintained. Yes, there's enough evidence to keep this rolling. And that he wants to take this global. You'd think that maybe if this guy's a clown, if this guy's a lunatic, you'd think CBS would send 60 Minutes out to show his lunacy. They will not put a spotlight on this guy at all. But if he was suing because the pharmaceutical companies, try this. Our lawsuit focuses on the fact that Big Pharma has kept these vaccines from black and brown people. And this is an issue of social justice and the marginalization of black trans people who are amongst the least vaccinated in the world. And it's shocking to see Big Pharma refuse to give these magical, beautiful, award-winning, miraculous uh, vaccines uh, to the black and brown people. This is why the lawsuit has proceeded. On 60 Minutes tonight, a groundbreaking lawsuit by a team of German attorneys and doctors say that Big Pharma, including Pfizer, Moderna, and others, withheld the life-saving COVID vaccines from the most at risk in our society, black and brown people, tonight on a special two-hour 60 Minutes. Right? Right. That's exactly what they would do. Instead, they will not spend any time hearing this guy's case. Well, here's the thing. Um, this is an answer to both this question and the, uh, the one before that. Um, we're yeah. applying um, natural law, uh, as it was explained by the judge uh, under whose auspices this whole proceeding 
is taking place. The Judge Rui de Castro from uh, Portugal. We're applying natural law because this is something that everyone can understand. It is easy to understand, just like the Ten Commandments. You must not kill. You must not steal. And this is based on the belief, and this was also used in Nuremberg trials, that every human being has a built-in, an innate compass that tells you what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is evil. Everyone knows that if you get an order to kill a two-year-old baby, you must not do this because it's illegal. That's because that's natural law. It tells you exactly, and that's what we know, we know exactly you cannot do this. So that's the reason why we're applying natural law. The uh, outcome of this particular proceeding will not be a verdict. It will not be a decision that says that the, um, that the um, uh, figureheads, the putative defendants who we go after are guilty or not guilty, that they have to be, be, pay damages or not. That will not be the result of that. We're going after Drosden, after Fauci, Tedros, who runs the uh, WHO. He doesn't really run it. He's just an idiot who is uh, one of their best puppets. Uh, after Bill Gates, after Pfizer, and after BlackRock. Um, this is a model proceeding. That's what we call it. It's a model proceeding, and everyone can copy it. Because as you, uh, th this, is, this is more or less common knowledge, the same experts who are testifying in our proceeding also testify in some of the cases that have been filed pretty much everywhere in the world, including here in Germany, but also in South Africa. They will not change their mind uh, from what they tell us in our proceeding to what they're telling in the uh, proceeding in the uh, existing system. Now, you'd think again to my friends in the media, you are not covering that on purpose. You didn't cover the fact that the woke masks don't work on purpose. You didn't cover the fact that these were not vaccines on purpose. You are purposely hiding vaccine injuries on purpose. You are purposely hiding the fact that in the separate country of Seattle, first responders commonly arrive at injection sites to have to revive people. You're not covering that on purpose, you decided to not cover what Children's Hospital in Marysbridge does when they chemically mutilate children with the pretense that they're born in the wrong body. You decided to not report on that on purpose. You are purposely hiding this. It is unnatural. Part of the cover-up is to find out why. Why have you made these editorial decisions to hide this information from people? Because you have made editorial decisions to hide this from people. It is as clear as the sun rising in the sky. So as we talk about the cover-up, we need to talk about the cover-uppers. Because what this guy's talking about is not a plaything. He's talking about serving cease and desist letters around the world. I think these uh, cease and desist letters make a lot of sense because what you do with these by, by using these letters is you explain in detail to the ministries of health or to the doctors or you, whoever you sent them to that this is dangerous, that these are not vaccines, that they're not tested, there are no trials, and that they have no efficacy whatsoever. They are not effective. And if they continue using these vaccines, then they're put on notice, that's why they're called cease and desist letters, stop uh, uh, continuing with this. If they continue with this, they're going to be held liable. Uh, we just spoke to a lawyer in um, Bosnia, in one of the East European countries, and he managed to um, uh, to uh, tackle the um, vaccine mandates in his country by doing just that. He sent the government, not just the Secretary of Health, but he sent the, the government such cease and desist letters, and he threatened them with criminal action if they continued with what they're doing. And they caved in. They gave up their idea of introducing vaccine mandates. So these cease and desist letters make a lot of sense. They should be sent to the Secretaries of Health just as well. You're absolutely right. And 
if there's ever an honest Republican takeover of the Senate, actual Republicans, we need a paper trail. And it goes like this. Pharma didn't pay for any of this. You paid to develop this trash. Pharma didn't really market any of this. You paid to market this trash. Pharma isn't paying for all the people that have been injured and many people killed by this trash. You are. So those monies supported Pharma's product. Up to and including sponsored by Pfizer. There's your trigger. I want an accounting from every single newsroom in the United States of America. I want an accounting of the monies. And I want news directors on trial. I want them in front of the Senate. I want to hear them under oath. Explain why they covered this up. I can prove that in Washington state, the media knows the dictator there has lied about COVID deaths, continues to. I would like every single news director at these organizations to sit under oath and explain why they made these decisions. Is that a chill effect? No, it's not. Because you cooperated in the biggest cover-up of our time using taxpayer monies. It's funny. The federal government takes ownership over anything that takes a federal fund. Well, media, including talk radio, slurped up a whole bunch of yum-yums, financial yum-yums, from pharma in the guise of taxpayer money. If we ever have an honest Republican who's not a member of the party, they'll bring these guys in for questioning in the greatest COVID cover-up. Well, the greatest cover-up of my generation in this criminal COVID cover-up. Excited to talk with you guys tomorrow. Um, I gotta make a call out to some of my friends in tech beg them to stop doing what they're doing. So it's the Todd Herman Show. Now go be well, be strong, be kind, and yes, as always, be right with God.